Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cricket Ultras. This is Arun Sudaman. I'm joined by a man who can identify 15 podcasts that are more intimidating than this one. It's Darren Burns. How are you, Darren? I'm great. I can probably identify 16 at least, I think. At least 16, <laughs> much like Edge Baston, which, yeah. as you might be aware, listener, Tim Payne went out of his way to say was, was not the fortress that England described it as in the run-up to the Ashes. Uh, instead, was something... Something like a house of cards, Darren. And so what a visionary he turned to be. His um, feisty little press conference turned yeah. out to be totally true. Um, I saw an interesting interview with Nathan Lyon. I think uh, after, Lyon after day three or day four, yeah. They asked him, you know, was it in your top 15 venues? And he reckons that, oh, it's probably in my top 16. He's actually quite funny, Nathan Lyon. Like, he's quite sharp. He's yeah. sort of Aussie drawl, the guy from Adelaide, but he's actually quite a funny character. Is, so, yeah, yeah f- a funny test, wasn't it? Sort of Fortress Edgebaston has now been disproved. But it really was a test match of, of kind of fifths, wasn't it? So the first three days, really England were on top for those first three days, you'd have to say, especially the first two days. There were ups and downs, but you felt, I always felt England was sort of 20% ahead of the game. Yeah. And day four, I had a, a couple of uh, Englishmen into my house and a couple of Aussies, and we were really, oh, wow. really sitting down on Sunday nights thinking, Wait, what's going to happen, right? It was just a dinner party. Yeah, it was just a dinner party. Just, <laughs> just so we're clear, it was a dinner party. <laughs> and so I actually hosted it with the cricket on because I found some cricket mates in Singapore now. And so it was kind of 50-50 in the crowd, in the living room. And really what we saw was a demolition job from Matthew Wade and from uh, Steve Smith. It was quite impressive. And um, my English friends were not that impressed and probably left early. The the other Australian guy stayed late, of course. Yeah. We stayed late and watched the game. In retrospect, England made too much of Edge Baston. Yeah. There there was a a bit of hubris around that. I mean, okay, they haven't lost a test there in what is it, 18 years since Australia? I think the last time we won in 2001, yeah. 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 Um, and it is, it is a tough place to go and play because it's, it's a very loud and aggressive crowd. Raucous, one might say. Raucous. Well lubricated, well lubricated I would suggest. Yes. You always, especially just after lunch, right? <laughs> this is the first session, everyone's got Saturday. hangovers. They're quiet, right? Yeah. And then after lunch, everyone's just like buzzed. Yeah, on the Saturday, and you see some crazy stuff. There was that one where they were carrying someone who was dressed up as the World Cup. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, that was hilarious. Um, but yeah, they made too much of it in retrospect. Um, although I can't actually think of 15 grounds that are more intimidating than Edge Bass. And I was actually thinking about this. Which are the most intimidating test grounds? I would say the Gabba. Yeah, I mean, and that's why the last, last India Australia series, I still believe the BCCI wasn't willing to play at the Gabba for some reason. Because why would you not play at the Gabba? Right? It's Darren, crazy. You just got to go along with this. The IPL contracts are at stake that's here. That's true. They are at stake. <laughs> What am I talking about? What are idiot? you talking about? So I think <laughs> I the Gabba, definitely. Uh, maybe the Wacker. Maybe the, whack, the old Wacker for sure. Mm. I would say one of the Indian grounds. I don't know which one, but... Chittagong maybe? Or Eden or Gardens. Eden Gardens, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Eden Park in New Zealand. Not that intimidating. If you're playing rugby there, you're totally intimidated. The Basin Reserve? Um, no. <laughs> maybe if you're a vegetable farmer. What, other, top, what other ones are you? Um, I... Well, I think I think the English seem to be quite scared about playing at Lords. I think Sabina, Sabina Park. Yeah, I'm I said Sabina sure Park. Was, I think West yeah, Indies. used right. to be anyway, didn't it? In the eighties and nineties. Yeah, yeah I mean, Lords is intimidating. I mean, I guess an, the MCG, just the scale and size of it, would be quite intimidating as a young player going out and playing there. I imagine, and mm. the old Bay Thirteens. I think. Or is that MCG Bay Thirteens? Yeah. Right. So I think okay. Australian grounds are much more. You know, when they used to have the hills, they were much more raucous than now. Yeah, but also because there's lots of Australians in them. So I that's think right. that's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the problem too, isn't Common it? Common factor. And now you have all these good little um, Australian oh. tour parties sitting with their little green hats on in the crowd. Centurion? Yeah, maybe some of the South African grounds. But you, they can't be more than that. It's not that many, really. Yeah, I, there's definitely not 15. So anyway, yeah. anyway, coming back to the, to the match, England let it slip. 
Yeah. When they had Australia at one two two for eight on yeah, the ropes, they were a bowler down. Yeah. Okay, which definitely helped. Yeah. Australia, but you know they they let um, I didn't say let Steve Smith scored a f- wonderful century first innings, one of the great centuries I think. Yeah, it really was. Um, on a difficult surface, uh, the ball was doing a lot off the pitch the yes. first day, and he got good support by from um, Nathan Lyon and who was the number Peter 10? Siddle. Peter Siddle. Surprisingly, the Sids. Yeah, uh, and then England batted, you know, reasonably well. Rory Burns, yeah, with a century, an ugly century. Yeah, I think he played and missed seventy times. Yeah. It, was, it was very hideous to watch. He's a terrible. I felt sorry, nauseating watching him bat. It was one of the worst. Steve Smith is interesting because he has these little dinks and little maneuvers, but Rory Burns is just really hard to watch. He's like the opening batsman from South Africa. What's his name? The left-hander. He's very oh, similar. El- Elgar. Oh, Elgar. He's bat- he bats ugly. He's, he worse, he's worse than oh, Elgar. Worse than Elgar. Worse than Elgar. And, and honestly, you can't put Rory Burns and Steve Smith in the same sentence. Because yeah, you have I, I one guy who's reinvented batting um, and just can't get out. And then you've got... I just couldn't believe that Rory Burns I want to like him because of his name. Yeah. But I just... And he I seems just, like a nice guy. Yeah, he seems like a nice guy, but just he, he's so difficult to watch bat. Yeah, I it's mean, look, painful. early days... We'll see whether he can translate this into a long-term career. Yeah, maybe he can. But England scored, what, 374? Yeah, nothing to laugh at. They had, a, they had a good lead. And, you know, I was pulling my hair out. I thought I had much. But, you know, why were they not bowling short pitch balls to Stuart Broad? Everyone knows yeah, that. Yeah, everyone knew that. I know. I was thinking that And he was well. set. Yeah. And they started, he bought Pat Cummins ball one yeah. over of short pitch bowling, and he got out. Mm. It was like, what, what are you doing? Pitching yeah. the ball up, you know, looking for, he doesn't care, right? He'll swing and the ball that. stopped swinging as well. Yeah. Right? So yeah. that was one of the things that happened. And then the match really just turned on a dime, right? In Australia were, what, 24 for three? So effectively 24 for three in the, in the second innings, right? Which yeah. they, they were 124 for, th- for three, but led by you know, with a 90 discretion. So let's say three for 30 mm-hmm. going into day four. Anyone's game, right? I mean, you'd probably think England are marginally ahead on that wicket. Yeah. But it, the pitch flattened out. Yeah. Steve Smith flattened, flattened the bowling. He scored at a much faster pace. And Matt Wade, who looked horrible in the first innings, Showed why he's in the team. Yeah. And he was, he was As like a batsman. A, he reminds me of a pugilist, like a boxing, just smacking yeah. the ball all over the place. Well, also, he's, a lot of boundaries. A, he's one of the, the wild dogs, isn't he? That's he's, right. He's always held up as, a, as an been, example. He's been reined in. Is he, is he reformed as well? He is seems he to have reformed. Reformed, reintegrated, reshaped, revamped. The other thing that really stood out on day four, not just the, the, the absence of Jimmy Anderson, but uh, Moeen Ali. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, Bowled really uh, poorly on on mm. a pitch that was offering some assistance, yeah. And it essentially became the third choice spinner in the yeah. team behind Joe Root and Joe Denley. He was out bowled by Denley and Root for sure, wasn't he? Yeah. And it, I just feel sorry for Mo because he's a nice guy. I, I just feel he's guy. in a really bad space. And that ball he left against Nathan Lyon, that kind of straight like straight arm ball. It just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just yeah, I don't know where his head's at really. I know it's weird, isn't it? Because it just seems to happen to him every now and then. He's such a talented cricketer. Yeah. And he's been bowling well yeah, yeah. in test matches yeah. over the last few months. His batting's fallen apart, I think. So he's in there as a the spinner. Moment, he's in there as a spinner. Right. But I can't see him surviving. We were hoping to have Toby Derman on this podcast, but for, for reasons unknown to <laughs> us, possibly related to England's performance. He, he's he, a fair he, weather friend. Yeah, he, he chose not to, to grace us with his presence. Splitter. Um, and then England were, basically had to bat out yeah. three and a bit sessions. Yeah, I couldn't find a single person who thought they would do it. Yeah, you they know, didn't you, think they could do it either. I just think no. they looked like they wanted to get out. I mean, Jason Roy, heave, heave ho, was um, 
you know, hilarious against Nathan Lyon. Yeah, and England's test form has been very average mm. over the last year. They've prioritized one-day cricket under Trevor Bayliss. Mm. Obviously, they won the World Cup. Yep. That's great. They've got a lot of issues in the test team. I think the, the plan is they're going to make a lot of changes mm. for the second test. Mm. You, you expect Moeen Ali to go out. I mean, are they going to drop Jason Roy already? Yeah, I think they can't drop Jason Roy yet. They can't. But um, uh, Joe Denley hasn't looked at home. He looked kind of okay, I thought, in the second dig. And yeah. he bowled okay, so they might persist with him. Yeah, I think Joss Butler and Bairstow look, yeah, look Butler in bad form. I Bairstow mean, hasn't scored runs in a while now. They, look, they, they don't look right. Um, mm. I don't know if it's a World Cup hangover. They're just so, so exhausted from the World Cup. Yeah, they be. could be. Could be. Uh, it could be the same with Moe Nelly as well. They're just yeah. kind of like fried. Maybe they needed some time and, off. And Joe Root's not at the top of his game, and he hasn't been since he took over the captaincy. Yeah. What about his... I mean, I think he was out six times in the match, right? But he had four... He put four decisions overturned. Oh, it was quite incredible. We have to talk about the umpiring, Darren. Yeah, we'll get to that later, I suppose. <laughs> okay. Um, so where do they go? I mean, they're pinning a lot of stuff on Joffre Archer, given that Mark Wood is injured. So yeah, he's I mean, he hasn't really bowled much in red ball cricket. He got a, he got a five matter. for and a hundred against in the seconds in Surrey. Who cares? It's a second. Second eleven, right? but it doesn't matter. He, they, they just need a fresh bowler. Yeah. And he's the kind of guy, he seems to respond well to pressure. He does. Right? So they're going to bring him in, obviously for Anderson. Yeah. They're going to drop Moeen Ali. Are they going to bring in another spinner, Adil Rashid or Jack Leach? I assume Jack Leach is next in the queue. And also he's a, he's a batsman, isn't he, Jack Decent Leach? batsman. Mm. Um, so maybe he'll come in. Uh, oh, would they bring Adam Rashid or would they bring Leach? I think they'd bring Leach, wouldn't they, for some control? Yeah. I think they worry about Adam Rashid's control in the, in the Red Bull. No, Adam Rashid's fallen, fallen down the pecking order. Yeah, I think I so. Think. So yeah. I think they'll persevere with Leach. Yeah. Stuart Broad bowled well. Very well in the first morning, didn't he? I thought. And, and Wokes, I think, is really sort of. So they'll, they'll keep those. Yeah, but they've got one. real problems in that middle order. Think, which is a real worry because you know they used to have problems only in the in the top order. Now they got problems. I in think top they've order got problems, but order. I think Bairstow, Bairstow, Butler, Stokes. and Butler have shown what they can do, and Stokes as well. I mean, people talk about Stokes. Let's forget his his batting average is about thirty. Well. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but he's he looks but he's in good form. Solid. I mean, they could consider promoting him to number three. It's one of the things. Yeah. I don't think they put him at number three. That sounds. I wouldn't do. Think that. too high. I think yeah. it's too much for him, really. Meanwhile, for Australia, no real problems. I mean, you'd expect an unchanged side. Well, I think the opening partnership was found wanting. I mean, I don't know why they don't put Kawaja at opening the batting. He he opens. A, he has a higher higher average in Test cricket opening the batting and a mm-hmm. highest higher average in ODI cricket. He like he seems to like it. He looked great in both knocks. Didn't score what he should have. He did scored, okay he did in the second good. innings. I thought he, he looked he, okay. He helped relieve some of the yeah. pressure. And he came out played very positively in the second mm-hmm. innings too. And I think as he can do. Yeah, I, I think Bancroft. I'm. The jury's still out. He's a great short leg fieldsman, by the way, but I, I don't oh. know about the, the opening. I, I kind of worry about it a bit. Yeah. Um, David Warner looked out of sorts. I mean, why didn't review that that leg yeah. before in the first dig? He was he should have known where he was batting. He's batting on leg stump. Yeah, but they're not going to drop. They won't drop David Warner, no. And I think they've got to give Cam, Cameron Bancroft another chance. Yeah. And I think, you know, JL likes him a lot. It seems that he's a golden boy and he wants him in the team. So I think they won't make too many changes. And you look, the bowling looked great. I mean, Peter Siddle is such a workhorse and he ties yeah, one end amazing. down. Yeah, it's amazing. It's um, amazing. I, I, you know, every time he comes back in the team, I think surely he's not going to deliver again. Yeah. But he, and deliver, deliver with the bat, right? If it wasn't yeah, with and he's the bat. taken, what is it, 215 yeah, test wickets? Oh. When did this happen? I feel like I completely missed it. If you remember in the last series, they kept him out all series and they brought him back in for the last test and he basically got, got six wickets and yeah. one straight of the game. So 
I think he's going to stay in. Uh, I think Pat Cummins started to turn really well during yeah, the game. Exactly. He, he didn't start very well, but no, he was really was short. great. He was only too short in the first yeah. innings. And, and so maybe maybe Stark comes in for Pattinson, but I'm not sure. I, I worry about Pattinson breaking down. I just he just looks like he's going to break down, and he he's not bowling at the pace that he used to. He was consistently before up in his one forties, one mid forties. Now he's gone back to the mid one thirties. So mm. I'm not sure anymore. So it's a big call leaving Stark out. I think. Yes, yeah, so they might bring Stark back in, and then of course yeah. we've got. Um, Josh Hazelwood, too, on the sidelines, oh, right? Yeah. So yeah, they've got sure. an embarrassment of riches in the fast bowling department, so I think they're pretty good there. Yeah. I think their big concern right now is, it open, is opening the batting. And what about, um, what did you make of Tim Payne's captaincy, or, or should we call it non-captaincy? No, I think what, what was great to see <laughs> is that he worked a lot with, you could see they're working well together mm. uh, with Steve Smith. And so I think Steve Smith being more an advisor and not having the pressure of captaincy is quite nice, actually. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's much more experienced than Tim Payne is in international cricket. So, yeah, but Steve I, Smith has never struck me as an amazing captain, whereas Tim Payne, I think, is, is, is captains at a state level, at least. Don't forget, most, most smart captains do rely a lot on the senior players to make decisions yeah, sure. because they, they have a collective leadership. So mm. I think he's doing that quite well. Um, is he a yes. better keeper than Matt Wade? I don't know if he is. You know, I think, I think he was found wanting a little bit. There's a couple yeah. of good catches that he took. Um, yeah, Matt Wade is not a good breaker keeper. Oh, he's not? I think it's going to be Kerry next. Okay. And Matt Wade has said that since taking off the gloves in the last he scored, it's, it's, it's encumbered him, right? A bit like um, Butler, I think, sometimes. Yeah, I like the, the way he batted Matt Wade. It was very uncomplicated. Yeah. He just kind of got on with it. Um, so one thing we should know, Jack Leach in the Ireland Test match, um, if you recall. And like Watchman, right? Batted very well. He did. And I suspect, <laughs> he will, um, I suspect he will come back in. That was a crazy test match as well. It Let's not a, forget the Ireland one. It was a crazy um, test match. Bowled out for 38 in their final innings. Yeah. I mean, something it was else. embarrassing, wasn't it, the first innings? Well, yeah, England rolled out for 85. Yeah. I mean, what is test cricket coming to now? It's like hangover central, right? Yeah, After totally. The World Cup. They should never have played that test then. They shouldn't. Let's talk about the umpiring. Yeah. How bad was it? I mean, was this the worst I've, umpiring display you've ever seen? I've never seen anything like it. And I think mm. I counted at one stage, there was many errors, but... Just by early afternoon on day two, there was already 10 errors in umpiring mm. on day two. And poor old Joel, Joel Wilson, hit an absolute shocker. I think he got yeah. 13 decisions wrong. Yeah. An equal world record, I think, um, for young Joel. And I think it's interesting that the whole series is sponsored by Spec Savers. So well, make good. of that what you will. Yeah. I mean, maybe he should turn up with some, some glasses from Spec Savers. <laughs> <laughs> in his next test match spectacles you know he could he could turn it into an endorsement deal if he had a good PR agency Darren he needs an eye test I feel like exactly they could have ran out with an eye test right they probably would have been good <laughs> yeah. they could have a break on field um, shocker it, it got to the point where you every time there was an appeal you could see the umpires visibly wilting going, uh, going yeah. oh gosh going to yeah. get, get this one wrong <laughs> yeah um, I mean you had to laugh I, I just hope I mean, I, I'm guessing they're not umpiring the next test anyway, so you hope it will Well, I think Alim Darren definitely improved after the first day. He, was, right. he got most of them right um, okay. through the rest. But, yeah, I think young Joel was... Um, okay, the next test is at... The Lords. Oh, it is I will Lord. be there on day four, so I hope that day four... Oh, you're there. Okay, wow. I okay. hope the test is still going on day four. It'd be nice. Well, this test went to day five. It did. It's untold riches there these is. days. These dry pitches. Yeah, no, oh, that should be good. Um, I think it should, well, you never know. You never know, especially at Lords, because the ball has done a lot at Lords, and uh, the pitches are, are definitely favouring the bowlers, and both teams have stronger bowling lineups mm. than they have batsmen. So that's the second test, and when does that start? 
Soon. Next week. Next week. Okay. All right. Next so that's Saturday. the Ashes. Right. Let's talk about the big story in world cricket. Now that we've dealt with the warm-up, the big conflict, the big showdown, Virat Kohli versus Rohit Sharma, Darren. Zen. But why don't you break it down for us? But as I understand, <laughs> who unfollowed who? Somebody unfollowed the other one on social media. So apparently yeah. Rohit unfollowed Virat. Yeah. Is that right? Correct. So now, Is it true? First of all, it, oh, it's totally true. I, mean, I was in India a couple of weeks ago, and this story was the third lead. Oh, I can imagine. On the news. I'm the surprised it news. wasn't the number one lead. Well, I mean, I was, you know, there was like a, a bombing was okay. first, and uh, some election was second, and then it was Rohit versus Virat. So, yeah, he, he unfollowed Virat Kohli on Instagram. He had earlier unfollowed Anushka, Virat Kohli's wife. Ah. On, um, on Instagram. And this isn't the first time he's done it. He's done it before. He unfollowed Virat on Instagram before and then followed him, which was also a big news story. Boys, boys, boys. So um, obviously this has set a lot of tongues wagging in India, as you can imagine. It's no secret that Virat and Rohit don't really get along. I mean, that's kind of been the, the story for a long time. I don't know if you recall, Darren, but... Rohit Sharma was the next big thing before he was. Virat Kohli came along. That's right. Right? And so you always get the impression that um, Rohit has taken Virat's me- meteoric rise, mm. uh, perhaps a little bit personally. And feels that it's kind of at his expense, right? Yeah, it's kind of, that should have been Rohit. And the other thing to remember is many people think that Rohit is a better captain than Virat. Uh, and certainly when you watch India under Rohit's captaincy, they you could... You could reach that conclusion. You know, when, when I've watched India under Rohit, I do feel like the decisions he makes are more proactive, more interesting out in the field. He seems to be a, a, sh- a more shrewd tactician. Well, they maybe split the one day in the T20 with test matches? Because obviously yeah. Rohit is not a shoe in for the test matches. No, right? he's not. This is limited overs. And of course, in the IPL, yeah. Rohit's a much better captain. Yeah, I think tactically he's been wanting, I think, Kohli in, in one-day cricket. If you, look, if you look at the series against Australia, that five-match mm-hmm. te- series, I think the last three Australia won, and I think some of them were tactical kind of blunders against yeah, Australia. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at Kohli's captaincy in the IPL. Mm. It's really poor. It's very poor. Yeah, We've so talked about it before, haven't we? Yeah, it's there's, not, a, there's a lot of that. And he has a good team. It's not like the, the team is not good. No, I think. he's got a good... Yeah, he's got a good team. And then there's the other thing, uh, just to get really deep into the gossip here, Darren, the other thing is that... Uh, Apparently, there's this great uh, internet post which you can find, uh, and maybe you've already seen it. About um, I'm sure I haven't. <laughs> well, I don't know what you're doing with your life, then, yeah. Darren. Clearly, because you're missing out. But basically, it pieces together Rohit Sharma's various Instagram posts, which is pictures of him and his wife and child in England during the World Cup, and it concludes that Rohit contravened the window. Oh. Mm. Uh, during which wives were allowed to visit players, mm. right? And it does this solely on the basis of Rohit's Instagram posts. It's really, it's kind of what the internet was built for. Right, it totally is. And, <laughs> and I don't know if this also played a role. Maybe, you know, maybe Rohit was disciplined for uh, maybe, yeah, bringing maybe. his wife along for too long. Or maybe right. He wasn't focused. Took it badly. Yeah, well, he, he got a low score in the New Zealand semi-final. Although he had an amazing tournament. He did. He was leading run scorer. Yeah, and that was when his wife was around. Come on, you can't argue. Someone's a leading run scorer of the tournament. You can't really argue with them, right? No. And then his wife left, and then you know he got out for a, there you go. a low single-digit score. So who knows? I mean, there's a lot of stuff 
a lot of stuff floating around. Are they? Um, are they? But, where are they? Where do they come from? They both. Uh, no, Virat's from Delhi and Rohit's from uh, Mumbai. Mumbai, right? Yeah, so, so there's, a bit, of a, there's well. a bit of a like cultural thing there as well, maybe a bit of a style I, thing. Definitely, de- definitely. That you you'll find different types of because Rohit's people. a much more kind of measured, laid back, low key guy. I mean, yeah. he's not as feisty and no. boisterous as Virat is the quintessential Delhi brat. Yeah, is, is what they know. And Delhi, you know, the kids from Delhi. All, both of them are from very like the Pandya brothers. Actually, they're from rural. They're not from Mumbai, are they? No, they're from rural Gujarat or somewhere. Are they? Um, okay. Yeah, no, they're from out. In okay. The, but Delhi Brats, Gautam Gambia mm. is another yes. uh, Delhi Brat. Yeah. Um, both of them are from very humble backgrounds, but, you know, people from Delhi have this kind of reputation of being very, very sharp-elbowed, mm. outspoken, and lacking some of the social graces you find in, in Mumbai. We're going to get a lot of hate mail now, aren't we? <laughs> Our Indian listeners love us. This is why they listen to us. They really do. (laughs) Ouch. And and on that note, maybe we should talk about... um, Sorry, Virat. The the drugs violation that is also rocking Indian cricket. It's... I mean, I looked into this quite a bit. Oh, you did? Okay. Tell us. surprising. Tell us all, Darren. I just... You know, I've always wondered about this. And I think, you know, obviously testing in cricket is pretty poor in the first place. But I mean, I think the biggest issue here really is that the BCCI is judge, jury, and executioner. So they carry out the drug testing. They decide when, when people are informed. You know, young Prithvi Shaw was caught with something which called turbitaline, which is actually in a, in a bron- bronchodilator. Somebody has asthma would use these things. Oh, uh, not, is it not cough syrup? He no, said he that. claims, but oh, he, right. that, that's the, he claims it was for a sore throat. He was sipping on that syrup. So normally you use this for asthma. So I don't know, make of that what you will. And then I think he was, he was playing for Delhi, right? But wasn't he? After the results yeah. came out, right? Oh, you're still playing, yeah. So, so he was still playing, right? Yeah. And so the results came out. And in most sports, when results come out, that's it. You're, you're suspended yeah, or you're, you're, yeah. your club is informed or your, or your, or your national team, yeah. which in this case, they, they weren't informed because they, they were the judge, jury, and execution themselves. So they knew. They didn't tell the Delhi, apparently, till a long time after. So he was playing cricket and he scored a match-winning innings potentially against Sunrise Hyderabad in a critical game. And he was playing when he was already been tested um, for this drug, right? Yeah. And turned positive. So it's a, it's a real issue for me. Um, the way they administer the, the whole drugs, the, the drugs uh, under the BCCI. So normally there'd be a third party, but this third party is actually employed by the BCCI. Yeah, I'm, honest, I'm shocked that there are governance issues at the BCCI. It's so blatant. <laughs> um, Maybe I'm just surprised because I just, I just still can't believe it. No, it, it is surprising because I think... It's very rare to find a situation nowadays where the National Sporting Board is so brazenly disregarding the world anti-doping guidelines, right? right? The BCCI is one of the very few sporting boards that is not under the purview of WADA, WADA, right? Or indeed the National Indian Doping Authority. And indeed, I think in the days before Prithvi Shaw's test, completely unrelated, India's sports ministry wrote to the BCCI asking them, how is this allowed? Right. You know, you, as you have said, there's a huge conflict of interest here mm-hmm. in that you're um, the judge, jury, and executioner. The other crazy thing about this is they gave him an eight-month ban, and yeah. they said four months were retrospective. But he played during those but four months. But he was already months. playing. Yeah, he was and it, but the ban goes back to 
when he was tested. But he was he play, was playing after that. But how it, is that? There's a bad? no logic. <laughs> there's no logic to it whatsoever, and it's an absolute farce. How is that a ban? BCCI, you're a joke. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's farcical, really. It is. I mean, look, you can you can criticize their approach to revenues and all of that, but right. that Fine. they're not breaking any laws or rules. This is ridiculous, honestly. Yeah. And you know, um, we're trying to get the cricket into the Olympics, aren't we? And this yeah. kind of thing just doesn't sit very well with anybody, really. Yeah. The other thing about this, uh, I did some research into the drug as well, and it's very um, popular in hip-hop circles, cough syrup. Which you know all about. Well, I mean, I know, I know about the music, Darren, but obviously it stops as a, there. As a, as a notorious MC. <laughs> it's an infamous MC. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's popular. It's, uh, you know, it goes by the name Lean or Perp or Scissorp. And, so um, what do you do with like how much do you need to drink to you do? You drink it out of a, it's it's you know and sometimes in hip hop videos you'll see people drinking cough syrup. Uh, it's a, not like it's over the counter cough syrup mixed with something else, and then they often dip a Jolly Rancher candy in it. Oh, I, wonder that, what, I wonder what the something else is though. I can't remember. And, and yeah, and you'll see it being drunk out of a plastic cup. So you think the Privy Show was doing that for a game? <laughs> I would I would has I would not like I'm to cast that up now. any aspects. Privy Show has never struck me. As someone whose drug taking is um, is recreational, you know, mm. he's always seemed very clean cut and, yeah. and all the rest of it. I find it hard to believe he did take the drug in anything under kind of innocent yeah, circumstances. Said, but yeah. it doesn't matter, right? And it doesn't matter. The 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 whole his whole explanation and the testing kind of makes a mockery. Yeah, and it's, it's about intention. Process. It's not got nothing to do with intention. It's, it's either in your system or it's not. Exactly. End of story, right? Exactly, right. And yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's crazy, really. Mm. So there you go. That's um, the big story. You heard it here first. Yeah, so Prithvi Shaw is going to be out for a while. Hip-hop scene cocktails. You heard all about it here. There you go. So moving on, Darren, we have two retirements in we the do. world of cricket. I'll talk about McCullum if you don't mind. Let's go. You know, McCullum was a, you know, certainly had a transformational impact, didn't he, on the way the New Zealand cricket team was run when he was captain mm. over there. He really brought that sort of almost the all-black spirit to, to the team where it was like it, you played for the black cap, you played for the team. They wanted to play an aggressive kind of cricket. They wanted to take the test, the game, to the opposition. But also they were always very humble and very fair players. I mean, they're nice guys. You, you look at him talk on commentary now, interviews, he's a very humble, decent kind of guy. You yeah. think he gives a bit of an alpha. You've seen him in the pool several I, times. I, I, <laughs> these tats. I was wondering peering over a newspaper or your computer or something at him in Dubai. I was wondering when we'd get to this nefariously. cricket ultra legend. Right. Uh, and you know, just in his last test match, you know, his last test match against Australia and New Zealand, you know, he's got Stark there. He's got a bunch of the best bowlers in the world. And he scores 145 or 79 deliveries in his last test match. I mean, mm. why give up the boots? Yeah, why? I mean, could have won the such World a game change. Exactly. And everyone remembers, you know, the the first over against Mitchell Stark in the 2015 World Cup final, where he, you know, went for that big booming drive and was bowled by leg stump. Oh, but yeah, that was a shock. You know, he lived by the sword and died by yeah. the sword, and he was a great impact on cricket. Obviously, he has a he has a great future in, I'm guessing, commentary. He was on comms during the World Cup, and he was one of the better was commentators, yeah. wasn't he? They're all good, um, the Kiwi commentators. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the best country. Ian Smith. Ian yeah. Smith, Jeremy Coney. Yeah, Jeremy Coney's good too, yeah. Danny Morrison. Danny Morrison's <laughs> he's he's your favourite. He's my Danny favourite commentator by a long way. They're the best country for commentators. Oh, Danny Morrison. I still remember him from the Shanghai Sixers. Darren, which is the worst country for commentators? You know the answer. The guy from Bangladesh is pretty horrible. Yeah. I forget his name. But there's only like one. Yeah, there's only one commentator, I suppose. Which is, you know the I answer. think the worst are Australians and, and, and English India. commentators. And, uh, some English of them are really right. good and some yeah. of them are terrible. I and, think India. India and Australia are the worst. I, I think they probably are. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think so. I just love to see the guys on TMS. You know, you have Aggers and you have these people, they have such great... They you know, do, but Daniel, I Daniel Norcross and... We've talked about this before. Great, great talkers, I, right? I like TMS a lot more now. They've got new voices. Mm. They've got women. Yes. They've got minorities. I like Aisha Gruen too. She's great. She's great. Alison Mitchell. Alison Mitchell. They've got minorities in there now. It yeah. had become way too, frankly, pale, male, and That's stale. Right. And it was very kind of smug. Yeah. And... Plummy yeah. voices. Yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, I don't like Jonathan Agnew. I find him oh, really? I like him. insufferable. I don't like Michael Vaughan. You like He's blowers, though? really you? smug. Did you like blowers? I did, actually, yeah. I did like great. blowers, because he was more of a character. Um, I don't like Phil Tufnell. Again, I just think he's, yeah, I find him annoying. he's trying too hard. I, Vaughan, I find ugh, insufferable as well. But I, I like TMS now. I think they're a lot better. Mm. Um, but anyway, going back to Brendan McCullum's retired, and the other big retirement from Test Cricket is... Dale Steyn, and you can give me his amazing test record. Well, I think he was obviously the, you know, highest wicket-taking South African bowler that's ever played. Mm -hmm. He was in a a fiery quartet over the last, well, really, really, sort of like five or ten years ago. But what I really remember about Steyn, he was a strike weapon. And out of all the fast bowlers who have taken more than 200 wickets, he has the the best strike rate. Yeah, I think people forget how good Dale Steyn was. Um, and I remember there was a passage of play in 20, 2009, I think, the test match when India played South Africa, and he was bowling at Sachin Tendulkar. And it was just, it was really kind of hairs on the back of your neck stuff. He, mm. was, at, he was at his absolute peak. He was young, yeah. fiery. He was bowling at 150 kilometers an hour, and Tendulkar was, kind of, took everything he, he had to keep him out. And one of those periods where missing as much as you hit the ball. Um, mm. He was a, yeah, remarkable bowler. Um, took his wickets at, I think, under 23, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. He will be missed because as much as we talk about this resurgence in fast bowling, there still aren't that many bowlers who regularly bowl faster than 150 kilometers per hour. Um, a real pure fast bowler, wasn't he? he was just, mm. Everything about him was pure, the aggression, you know, the sort of, the steaming in, you know, the sleeve tattoos, you yeah. know, everything with batting was pure fast bowling. He just loved it, didn't he? But um, he was also fast in every spell. Second yeah. spell, he was quick. Third spell, he was quick. He was so, he was really fit. Such a shame his body um, eventually betrayed him. Yeah, he's a guy you'd throw the ball to make something happen, right? Yeah. Out of nothing. There's not many of those bowlers around anymore. Tremendous bowler. So um, what will he do? He'll play a bit of T20 and do the circuit for a while? Yeah, I think he's earned it. Yeah, Canadian T20 action. Yeah, are we all watching that? Uh, well, I don't know. You're, are you? No, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I don't give a shit about Canadian T20. No. I, I, I tried to watch the India West Indies T20 series, but I just I just I don't just give a shit up. about it. I yeah, just, I, I can't, just turned it off. I can't take it. Honestly, I just can't. Take it's it mind numbing. It's yeah. I mean, I mean there's I, no one in the ground either. Yeah, and it's just it's it's a pointless try a series of T20 cricket, what's the point? I, I know bringing the game to America, great, fair enough. That's okay. And it was a pretty good crowd there, fair, that's, oh, that's was fair it? enough. But as, a, but as a, someone who watches cricket all the time, it's not that much, not very interesting. I think because it's right after the World Cup as well. So you have all yeah. these games which are really important. Yeah. And then you have these... Well, especially if you're an Indian fan living in Miami or something, going to the, sure. watch the Indian cricket team is great. Yeah, but it's um, hard to think the players take it seriously. That's yeah, the problem. Yeah, it just looked a bit of a... You know, smash, smash and giggle, right? They don't um, really give a shit if they want or not. Exactly. Um, yeah. And you had people like Krulal Pandya doing very well, which is very well, surprising. Suggestions are that he has, has established himself as 
and just topple around it, which I just find a ludicrous That's right. suggestion. <laughs> so I mean, it's just like, it's like it's how? Almost, it's almost like they just have column inches they have That's to right. fill. Like, with based on like a 3T20 series against yeah. the West Indies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm he's not, not even that, the best all rounder in his family, Darren. He's, he certainly isn't. <laughs> Much less the country. Yeah. <laughs> okay, do you have any quotes? They're funny. I mean, I had to laugh a little bit. It was more tongue in cheek. I think McGrath normally predicts before every series that Australia will win 5 0. Mm. But he, he said, I've made my prediction after the first test this time. Oh. Australia will win 5 0. Oh, wow. Okay. So that was a bit of a change. Yeah, that's hedging. I, I did. <laughs> I mentioned earlier, I thought, you know, Nathan Lyon's interview where he talked about it was one of his favorite 16 venues. I thought that was quite sharp <laughs> that he'd actually remembered to say that. And also, I think what was quite funny is there's a rumor going around that, not a rumor, I think it's true that Tim Payne and his team are using a, a so-called Winston Churchill quote. Oh, yeah. He, which, but he misquoted it, right? Which nobody ever knows. It, it was never actually attributed to him, but people say that it might be. It's something around the, the vein of behavior never lies. So I think what oh. the point of it is, is that... Because he worked for a PR agency. He wanted... <laughs> we gave him that line, actually. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we so I think, I think what they're trying to say is, you know, in, in, in our action, look at what we do. Yeah. And then in our behavior. So look at what we do, and you can say that it never lies. And I think, I must say, in the first test, they were quite... I thought they were quite good with the crowd. David Warner was quite good. They were singing, you know, he's got sand, he's got sandpaper in his, his hand. Yeah, too much booing uh, though. You know, he showed them his, his pockets and, you know, turned it out. And, you know, yeah. I think by the end, what, what I noticed about the crowd was the booing of Steve Smith was insipid. But by the second innings that he scored his 100, it was, there weren't that many boos, yeah. to be honest. And you people just appreciated. Yeah, right? twin centuries. How do you boo that? And so as an Australian, obviously, I was reasonably proud of how they played. I thought it was in good humor, good natured. And I yeah. think that's hopefully that, that should go on forever. I don't like the booing. Yeah, I, I think it's okay. Yeah. I think when he comes out to battle, whatever, it's totally fine. Look at Stuart Broadface in Australia, my God. Yeah, I didn't like that either. Yeah. I, just, I, I, I don't mind yeah. it a bit. You know, it's not football hooliganism, right? But a bit every now and again is okay. But when it gets, I think when the abuse gets getting hurled, I just find that really stupid, right? Mm. But I think a lot of the crowds in England are a bit tongue-in-cheek, much more than Australia. Australia, they're quite like yes, really, F-U, like, like, you know, really, really, really harsh. And South Africa as well, I think. But even the Mitchell Johnson treatment in England one summer, I thought was really kind of tough. Well, he said it got into his brain. He said this because the songs from the Barmy Army, they yeah. do. You start singing along with them. He said it actually has an effect on you because you just, you, 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 he said I was in the shower or somewhere getting in the car and I came into my mind this song. Yeah. And, and he's, um, he's a guy who's talked about his mental health issues. Yeah. As well, and you do kind of think, it's, you know, at some level, it's not helpful at all, right? So, yeah. I don't know. I just I, w- I worry a bit about that kind of impact. Yeah, I think he had to do a lot of work on it. He said to get that out of his head, right? And then yeah. obviously we know what happened after he came back with a, an amazing performance yeah. in the next series. Murderable. Didn't seem to affect Steve Smith, um, although he seems as twitchy as ever out there. He's more <laughs> twitchy, but because when I was watching the World Cup, I felt that he, and I was commented on this one, yeah. he seemed a bit twitchy and really more. And his leave is just the and way he, he doing that, but still, he seems to be doing it with his own bubble. Yeah. And he really is the best test batsman in the world at the moment. He's not the best white ball cricketer at the moment, but yeah. he's on a different level in test match cricket. He likes to play test matches, you can tell. Yeah, no, there's, there's no question. I think, because um, Virat Kohli's gone off, the, um, gone off the boil a little bit in test matches. He didn't score that many runs in, yeah. the, in, in his the Australia series. Actually, Pujara mm. outbatted him. Um, but the other thing with Steve Smith is this, you can tell there's so many little things he has to have, right? Like he tapes his laces OCD. to his, I yeah. found out he tapes his laces to his socks yeah. so that he doesn't see them hanging out, right. which would bother him. Yeah. It's actually the kind of thing that would bother me as well. Yeah. So I feel like uh, me and Steve Smith were very similar yeah. in the way we approached that. I've always thought you <laughs> 
but also... You're the Steve Smith of the PR industry. <laughs> the Steve Smith of the rap world. <laughs> Steve Smith's batting technique, I mean, it, it just gets more and more. Uh, it seems to get more and more idiosyncratic. But, but I, there was one session, I think, there in the first dig, where, second dig, sorry. I think Stokes was really trying hard. He was banging the ball in, pitching it up. And Steve was knocking it around like he was a medium, like he was a medium pacer, yeah. like he was just bowling at 110. Yeah, it's funny when you watch him sign on. He does look like he's having a net session. Yeah. Just the way he kind of, he looks very casual almost. Yeah, he does. And then they asked him, I don't know if you saw the press conference, where they asked him, how do you decide which balls to leave? Right. And this was a good quote, because Matthew, mm. Matthew Wade was sitting next to him. Mm. And he said, oh, you don't want to get in, try and get inside Smudge's head. <laughs> and um, Steve Smith said, I don't know. I don't know. It just happens. It just right. happens. It, you know, it's just automatic. Right. Ball comes and, and I will either leave it or play it. There's muscle memory, right? Because he, yeah. he practices so much, right? Yeah. It becomes all muscle memory. He doesn't think about it at all, probably, yeah. right? So I there's no that. thinking at mm. all. He's, I mean, that's perfect, isn't okay. it? He's really in the zone. Mm. So, yeah, well done, Steve Smith. He now, he now has solidified his position. What about as, your quotes? Uh, Did you have any, anything good? No. <laughs> Didn't have any actually. I was counting on you. <laughs> I delivered. Yeah. No. I, I mean, I had the one about the uh, the fifteen. There are fifteen grounds. Right. More intimidating. I thought that was a, a particularly interesting quote from um, from Tim Payne. And then also on Muppet of the Week, I, I was actually just going to put forward the BCCI. I thought their yeah. approach to drug testing you know, easily I, wins them that award. I, I, Muppet of the Week. I look at the Joe Wilson. I thought that was a bit hard because mm. some of those calls were pretty close. But yeah, BCCI wins it for their handling of the drug fiasco. Yeah. What I did want to ask you, and I thought this was very funny, is that the BCCI has appointed someone mm. to look for the next coach. Oh gosh, yeah. There's a search for the coach. Capital but it, Dev. But uh, and so already Ganguly has said that he wants to go next time. Next time, yeah, yeah. He's he's just laying the groundwork. That's right. He's made it known that he's he'll be happy to be selected next time, just in case people were wondering. So what, what um, are your who are your odds? Well, Virat Kohli's already come out and said he would be very happy for Ravi Shastri to continue. I bet he would. So I'm, I'm not even sure why they even bother conducting the search. Now. That's right. Because Virat Kohli has spoken. So will like Bharat Arun and Sanjay Banger and all those guys stay? I know that Patrick Faha, the physio, who's been there forever, he's, he's, he's walked away, hasn't he's he? Had so, yeah. Yeah, he's had enough. Yeah. He's had enough. <laughs> he's had enough of having to massage the players after the game, yeah. massage the egos. It's very hard to look beyond Ravi Shastri now that Virat has spoken. Virat's hugely influential. This is not just Virat. Every Indian captain from... Ganguly uh, mm. before him and Dhoni, you know, that you get into that Captain King kind of complex and Virat likes Ravi because Ravi, I think, doesn't challenge him. That's the general kind of view of things. I think India would really benefit from a better coach. I mm. think some of the decisions they made in the World Cup in the, the various test series over the last year have been misguided. And I think India were at their best when they had a strong coach like Gary Kirsten like John Wright. Well, Otis Gibson is free. Is he good? I don't know. Is he good? I'm not sure. Well, he's been fired from the South African yeah, coaching role, right? I'm not sure if he is good. He's a, he's a... What about Darren Lehman? <laughs> Dazza. He's around. I think the Sri Lankan Yeah, I think job. he needs more... He's waiting for the Sri Lankan Probably a stronger coach. Someone more like, more like a Langer than a Lehman. I think Lehman's more laid back and not so intense, right? I think Darren Lehman was a pretty awful coach yeah. from, from, by, all, by all accounts. Is really? Yeah. Is, I mean, I, I read the the Jeff Lemon book. He doesn't come come out well from that. His coaching 
uh, his coaching manual seems to consist but, but of taking Robin players. Robin Shastri seems pretty hands-off to me. He's also a pretty poor I coach. I think he just sits around and thinks about like things to say at the press conferences. Yeah, that's a really low bar, Ravi Shastri is so, so because because Coley's just strong personality, right? Mm. Yes. He, he, I don't think he wants another strong personality, but he need, no. maybe needs someone forceful, that, but is more of a partner, right? That was the problem with Anil Kumble. Strong personality, didn't work with Coley. You need someone like Gary Kirsten or a John Wright who has good ideas, but won't cramp Coley's style. Right. And it's uh, more like a mentor almost, isn't it? Like versus, a, or, a, or a coach. But like, I mean, a kind of a, a coach, and I mean that as, a, as a, far as like an executive coach, almost have a chat with them about what's going on, but don't yeah. tell them and direct them what to do. I think they don't want those, those kind of I people. I wonder, I mean, a Justin Langer type of... Did I just say the Justin yeah, Langer? Yeah, Justin Langer character would be good. <laughs> Mickey Arthur would be uh, interesting. Yeah. Bring uh, in some new thinking, right? Like <laughs> earthing, like into earthing. Like I'm not sure what's happened to Earth. They earthed at Edgebaston. Um, I forgot about it. <laughs> elite, you know, coming up with new terms. I love it. I like a bit of innovation, right? Like new, new terminology, like oh, earthing. Oh my god! Bringing things in that. from you know, from from yoga and other things into into practice and stuff. It's great. Earthing. Apparently, Cameron Bancroft was a yoga instructor now, and you know, yawning. So, yeah. Yawning was another innovation right. from the Pakistan cricket team. That's right. And um, doing those stupid sit-ups. Remember that or push-ups they were doing for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, anyway, the coach and the whole backroom staff, I think, are going to be replaced. But, uh, yeah, let's not be surprised if Shastri gets the job again. And honestly, Darren, it's good for cricket ultras. Where would we be without Ravi Shastri? Mm. We'd really struggle. <laughs> We'd really he, he struggle. Was, he was very important in our formative episodes. <laughs> <laughs> he still is very important to us. Yeah. So, um, and that, I think, is a good note on which to conclude this podcast. We'll be back soon. We'll have... More from the Ashes. And, and maybe Toby will join us if England wins the test. I think if England draw the test, I think that would be enough be on. <laughs> to, to coax Toby back out of his podcast. We didn't talk about predictions for the, for the series, did we? We didn't. I mean, it's one down. Well, my prediction was actually going to be 2 or 3-0 to Australia. Was so, it? Yeah. I was thinking of going 3-1 England or 2-2 draw. I know. I thought Australia would win. England had been really average in yeah, test cricket. I just didn't, didn't know if Australia was up for it. Yeah. What's your prediction now? I think about the same. Two or three. I now? think two two might be. I think I think England will get one. But I, what I, I guess what might what might change now is Jimmy Anderson being out. I think that's probably put a bit of a damper on it. It's a real it. problem because if they have Joffre Archer and Jimmy Anderson, right? Yeah, it's and, a problem. And Wokes and Stuart Broad. That's a very strong bowling lineup. I, I think they're a bit weak now. Yeah. So I think maybe Australia wins. I don't know three one three two. Yeah, I mean, you'd expect weather to play a role at some point, yeah, some given point. we're going to move into September. Uh, there's test matches in September, right? Uh, yeah, we're right, yeah. chilly, yeah. isn't it? So. All right, we'll be back oh. soon. Thanks very much.